Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to Speak for Yourself. It is a huge day in sports, so let's get right to it. Slick, Rick, Buecher, my guy, Dave Hellman, and America. I can't believe that I am saying this, but Deshaun Watson expected to suit up for a preseason game. He's supposed to start for the Browns tomorrow as they play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, that's according to head coach Kevin Stefanski. Here's why I can't believe I'm saying it. Because there's a quote, all things are profitable, but not all things are permissible. Rather, all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. Meaning this, yo, you can do whatever you want in this life, but everything doesn't necessarily make sense for you to do. The Browns, y'all can play Deshaun Watson, but why in the world would you play him? There is one primary reason to not play a starting quarterback during a preseason game, and this is the reason. You don't want to jeopardize their ability to play in regular season games because of injury. But playing Deshaun Watson in a preseason game, while he is technically on trial, figuratively speaking, to be able to play during the regular season because of the looming suspension, that might actually jeopardize his chances as getting a shortened suspension. Deshaun Watson will get an increased suspension based upon public's outcry. So by playing in the preseason, you're giving the public an increased reason to cry out. For me, it doesn't make sense to suit Deshaun Watson up, but fellas, let's talk about it. Dave Hellman, Deshaun Watson, supposed to start in the preseason with everything going on. Is it a smart move by the Browns? Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm Mr. Anti-Preseason, but I actually, I think it does make sense. And I hear everything you're saying and everything about Deshaun Watson needs to start with the suspension and needs to start with how all of this happened. But can't we just dispense with the idea of optics anyway? Like the Cleveland Browns traded for this guy and gave him $230 million while all of this was going on. So spare me the thought that the Cleveland Browns care. They don't care. They didn't like literally he was cleared of criminal charges, but all of this was very much still in the air civilly. All 30 allegations. We talked about it last week. They gave him $230 million guaranteed. Like, they gave him the best contract ever with all of that still there. So do they really care about the optics of him playing in the preseason? Which is why it makes it easy for me to look at and say, okay, this is purely a football decision. And from a football standpoint, the guy hasn't played in a year and a half. So I totally get why they would want him to. Okay, let's let's go here. There might be only one quarterback in football, maybe two, Tom Brady, outside of Deshaun Watson that currently has more eyes on him. Dak Prescott, right? Dak Prescott always has eyes on him. And you always have eyes on Dak Prescott is one of the leading Cowboys insiders, Cowboys reporters. Even Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, the most 
monetarily brilliant, yet literally conniving individual in sports, he would probably have a little bit more wisdom than trotting Deshaun Watson out there in 2022 in the midst of all of this. Based upon your experience with a guy like Jerry Jones, knowing how many eyes Dak Prescott has, now thinking about Deshaun Watson, a very public quarterback, don't you think that, yo, Sooner or later, y'all got to draw a line somewhere. I get you signed him, you paid him 230, but, but this is this, too far. This is the line? Giving him two series is, is the line when giving him $230 million wasn't the line? That's, that's my point. And look, the Cowboys haven't been embroiled in something on this level in my time, but Cowboys have players get suspended all the time, and they're available to play in the preseason, they're available to practice, and the Cowboys let them do it. Again, like, once you have made the ethical and moral decision, like, we're going to do this. We don't really care what people say. And again, spare me the idea that they do because they gave him the most player-friendly contract in history. So don't, like, don't come at me with that. They don't care. And if they don't care about that, then if they think he should play in the preseason, of course he will. Now, Slick, I'm hearing reports right before the show that in the event Deshaun Watson does get a longer suspension than a guy you're very familiar with covering the Bay, Jimmy Garoppolo, might be of interest for the sure. Browns. I'll get to that in a second. But first, smart move by the Browns to play Deshaun in the preseason. Brilliant move. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I couldn't disagree with you more. And here's the thing. You, uh, I, I believe that you may have been an attorney in a previous life. Okay? I believe I'm that. Just, you second that? I believe yes. that, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something I learned about uh, attorneys. That at the end of a day, when you, are, uh, when you have people up on the stand okay. and um, you're cross-examining them, yep. you want to be the attorney that speaks last and gets to that person last. Sure. Why? Because you want to leave that impression in the jury's mind. You want to leave the last impression. Mm -hmm. Well, what do we have with Deshaun Watson? We only have the impression of everything that's happened with him and massage therapists, mm -hmm. right? We've forgotten why the Cleveland Browns did all that they did in order to get Deshaun Watson in the first place, which is he's a terrific quarterback. So if I have the opportunity to play him a couple series knowing that he's going to be shut down and I'm not going to see him maybe for the rest of the season, I want to remind everybody, why did we do what we did? Sure. Well, because he's a really great quarterback, and I get to do it against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who was the 28th-ranked scoring defense in the league last year. Like, I want to leave that impression so that however long he is gone, I have reminded my fan base and everybody else, oh, yeah. By the way, he can play quarterback. That's why we've gone through everything we've gone through. But here's my fear. This is my fear that I think you all might be overlooking, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Until Deshaun Watson receives his public punishment, I do not think that Deshaun Watson should ball out in public. Ball in private. 76 Lou Groza Boulevard, the Cleveland Browns practice facility. Ball there all you want. But until you get your public punishment i don't think you should get your public rewards that's where the tension relies theoretically i mean he got the punishment he got the six games i, mean, I don't think it's enough a lot of people don't and, and that's still pending and that's the, the irony of this is this time tomorrow he could be out for the year like that that's going to come down eventually but again from a football perspective I'm with I'm with Rick on this. I mean, he was a three-time Pro Bowler, which again, by my rule, I'm like, get out, get out of the preseason right now. You're a three-time Pro Bowler. You got no business there. That was a long time yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. And then, very cynically, again, from a pure football standpoint, it's not the same for a guy. Like you know, you're not going to have him for a minimum of six games. A minimum. 
if he gets hurt, you got two months to worry about that. You're, he's not playing in the season opener regardless. And so for all of these reasons, I think it makes sense. But Yeah, look, I, I don't want to be insensitive to the issue here, but you're suggesting that public that the public is going to determine whether this whether his punishment is increased or not. No. Roger Goodell has gone to another arbitrator. I don't know that that arbitrator is going to be any more influenced by public opinion at this point than the first arbitrator was. Mm -hmm. He's going to be far more influenced by Roger Goodell. So I don't see that there is an issue in like getting him out there and playing. And now the public's going to go, how dare he play in a preseason game? They're going to add another year to it or whatever they're going to do. My concern is this is my big concern. And I'm not saying it's without without jeopardy is if he plays, does it mean that he has to go to the podium? And that's where it could get tricky. Now, it could be a positive if he handles it the right way, but if he doesn't, it could be a disaster. Yeah. That's the question. Dave, very quickly, the big news that nobody's talking about, the sneaky, huge story, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, currently on the 49ers roster, one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL as it pertains to winning percentage. There's word on the street that if Deshaun Watson's suspension is upped from six games, the Cleveland Browns will look to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo. Brilliant or idiotic? I just, I'm laughing at the idea. Idiotic for, for a variety of reasons that the Browns made this bed themselves. Like, it's hilarious to think that they would pay more to get Jimmy Garoppolo than they got for getting rid of Baker Mayfield. And it's hilarious that whatever you think of Baker Mayfield, he is about as good as you could expect a backup quarterback to be. That is as good as you could expect the guy that's not starting to be in the NFL. And because of how toxic this situation is, they had to get rid of him for pennies on the dollar. So then to turn around and pay more for maybe Jimmy G is better than Baker, but it's comparable, right? Like it's not a clear upgrade. Uh, it's hilarious to me. And, and again, it's, it's all it's just several toxic and dumb decisions that they've made going back to the spring. Slick, I need you to hold that thought, hold your reaction. Because, big dog, we got to run a fast break. We got to run a fast break. We transitioning, y'all. We got to talk a little hoops. My guy, Slick Rick Buker, he's going viral on Twitter. Uh, you would expect virality on Twitter from me. Sure, I get it. But my guy Slick is going viral what? on Twitter because you and Kyrie Irving yes. got into a little bit of a spat. I know you might have missed it, so I'm bringing it to speak for yourself. Yeah. Now, what Slick said was this. Can we throw the quote in behind me so the world can see? Slick says, look, I'm told Kyrie Irving wanted his new contract to guarantee he wouldn't have to play more than 60 games in a season and would not have to play in any back-to-backs. Right. Seemed accurate to me, but not to Kyrie Irving. Because Kyrie Irving responded, not with words, but with an image. Yeah. Just simply. As, as Kyrie Irving is known to do. As Kyrie is known to do a cap. Now, America, I get it. Y'all might not be on Twitter. What that means is cap. Well, what cap means is my dog, Slick Rick Buecher, is lying. Right. Slick. Well, how can, how can I be lying when I was told that that was the case. Now, I, let's, let's frame this correctly, Please. okay? I put it on my podcast because if you want to qualify it as a rumor, it's one person who told me this. It's somebody who I trust. It's somebody in the league. It's a general manager, if you want to know. What exactly did they tell you? They told me that, and I was wanting, I wanted to find out why did Brooklyn, why did the, con, con, the conversation about a new contract with Kyrie not go anywhere? Never mm -hmm. mind that he didn't get the max. Like, they weren't talking about anything. And they said, well, coming out of the gate, Kyrie wanted to have this guarantee that he's not, he doesn't have to play more than 60 games, doesn't have to play back-to-backs, 
because those are inhumane. Now, when you think about Kyrie Irving, and you think of everything when it comes to his career, does that sound plausible that Kyrie Irving would approach it that way, that I don't believe that we should be playing 82 games and I don't believe that back-to-backs are good for me or for us as it comes to a league? So, do you want to qualify as a rumor? You can. Did I believe it? Yes, because it fit with what Kyrie Irving said. And it came from a credible source. And it came from a credible source. And here's the other part. Kyrie, no offense, but when we talk about the uh, the earth being flat and we talk about, you know what, Boston, I will re-sign with you if, uh, if only you will have me. The credibility is not all the way there for him to say this never happened. It it never brought up. So if I'm going to hear it from somebody else, again, if I was going to report it as this is finite, I would have put it on Mm FoxSports.com or I would have brought it up on this show. I brought it up because it was something that I heard. Well, it's here now, Slick. It's here now. The drama continues. The saga continues. So tell me this. What's the best way for all of this drama in Brooklyn to end? For, for those that are just catching up, Kevin Durant, he wants out. And if he wants to stay in, yeah. Steve Nash got to go. Sean Marks, general manager, got to go. Kyrie Irving, remember, at first he wanted out, but then he opted in. He had several million reasons, too. Right. How will this saga in Brooklyn end? What's the best way for it to? Well, the best case scenario is that everybody stays in Brooklyn and they take a last dance approach and say, let's see what we can do with Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I don't expect that best case scenario to happen. So the next best thing is they move Kyrie Irving, they move Kevin Durant and they keep it rolling. And the deal with the Boston Celtics as it stands for Kevin Durant in particular, is the best thing that I've seen that is out there. Now, the linchpin is going to be, can they add Marcus Smart to the equation? Has to be Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Grant Williams or some other piece of the Boston Celtics. Because let's not forget, they're in the same division. You want to make sure that you hamstring the Celtics enough that they're not going on to win championships in your face with Kevin Durant. Slick, our outfits coordinate, but our takes do not. I think the best case scenario for the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they realize they've been tripping because Kevin Durant, everywhere he wants to go and whatever he is looking for out there, he already has at home. KD, you want to play with another superstar? You already got that in Brooklyn. KD, what has been proven is that the young coaches that are former players have the most success. You already got that in Brooklyn. KD, you got an owner that is financially committed to you. You got that in Brooklyn. KD, you want to go play for a basketball fan base? You got that in Brooklyn. Everywhere you go, there you are. So you might as well be where your feet are. For me, best case scenario for KD, wake up, open up your eyes, and realize everything you're looking for. It might be right underneath your nose or your feet. Coming up, the Dolphins and the NFL world are putting a lot of pressure on Tua, but we'll tell you if we feel sorry for him. That's next. Speak for yourself. More hot takes and viral tweets. I'm not mad at Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
That's if Zach Wilson has another no touchdown, four interception game, which he had last year, all the jokes end promptly. Keep in mind, dude was three and 10 as a starter last year. Keep in mind, he had significantly more interceptions than touchdowns. Keep in mind, he had a 55% completion percentage. All them jokes, all them your mama jokes, they're going to get real serious if he don't button up this year. Yesterday, we were talking that talk, the most complex quarterback division in football to me, that AFC East, Zach Wilson, Tua Tungabailoa, Matt Jones, Josh Allen. I think the most pressure quarterback in that division, Zach Wilson. I'm breaking bread with my brother yesterday, Dave, and Dave was like, eh, I don't know, Acho. I got a better name for you. What was that name? Yeah, I, I thought you overall, overall did a good job, but I don't, I don't want to talk about teams in New Jersey. Like, I'm going to say something that doesn't make sense in the media landscape. Who cares what happens with the New York Jets? The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. That's what I expected you to say, and I've been thinking about this all offseason. I think the world is on that guy's shoulders, and I'll tell you why. Think about this, and, and this is why I love the NFL. It is the most parody-driven league Buffalo Bills were Browns-esque for mm -hmm. 20 years. Up until they broke their playoff drought in 2017, they had the longest one in American sports. Feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Because they've been banging on this door for three years. They make it to the playoffs in 19, they lose. They get to the conference title game, they're not quite ready to beat Mahomes. Last year, 13 seconds away from beating the Chiefs at their place, and, like, and you know the whole city of Buffalo is just waiting for a chance to, to make amends for that. And they are one of two, three, super, like true Super Bowl contenders. Here in the month yeah. of August, you're yeah. like, it's the Bills, it's the Bills, it's the Chiefs, it's the Rams. They are in that conversation. And, and another wrinkle of this that I love, I think Buffalo is, I, you know, don't get mad at me. I think y'all are the best fans and the best vibe in the NFL. It's the closest thing to a college football vibe. And Acho, you know what that's like. Yep. You know the passion at UT. You know what it's like. The whole city of Buffalo revolves around that team. And it's on Josh Allen to get them to a Super Bowl, which they've never won, by the way. Like, is it making sense now? Like, is all of this adding up? I think this dude is under more pressure than just about anybody in the league. I love, love, love that answer. My thought, though, would be this. Josh Allen went from being the biggest bust after 2015 at the quarterback position to the greatest quarterback talent-wise after 2015 at the quarterback position. Y'all remember, Josh Allen, Wyoming kid. Small school. Hard to find Wyoming on a map. Particularly hard to find Laramie, Wyoming on a map. It's one of the square states. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so that's who Josh Allen was. That's where he came from. Terrible rookie season. Next thing you know, sophomore season, not that bad. By his third year in the league... He's second in MVP voting to only Aaron Rodgers and had more total yards than Aaron Rodgers. So I think Josh Allen, as I look at it, Slick, he's a little bit playing with house money only because we looked at Josh Allen as a lost cause. And then he turned into the prodigal son when he came back home and started balling. I don't know just yet, Dave, if he's under that much pressure because it almost feels like that in which we lost, we got in a surplus now. Yeah. I just, like, and, and that sounds good. I, and I hate, to, I hate to project Josh's career out 20 years. It's not what I'm trying to do. Reminds me of Dan Marino a little bit. Got to a Super Bowl in his second year. Never got back. And, that, and this is what you start to talk about. Say the Bills fall short this year. Say maybe they don't even get as far. Maybe, you know, somebody gets hurt. Maybe something happened. And that, that pressure starts to mount. And I, th and I agree. 
Josh Allen is beloved by Bills fans. I think, I mean, I love watching the guy play. Again, I'm not criticizing his ability as a player at all. I think he's phenomenal. But he is just, it's this rocket ship ascent. And what happens if it doesn't continue? What happens if three years from now we're saying, are the Bills going to win the big one with Josh Allen? Like, that's the type of narrative that starts to come around. Slick, weigh in on this. AFC East quarterbacks, you have Josh Allen, you have Mac Jones, who we will talk about a little bit later. Mac Jones, he might have more than a sophomore slump. You got Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson is in major trouble because he was atrocious last year. Not bad. He was atrocious. And say what you want about the forgotten New York Jets. They're still in New York. Major football yeah. market. And then beyond that, you have Tua Tungavailoa, who everybody's putting the weight of the world on. Slick, speak to us a little bit about the pressure of the AFC East. What quarterback are you looking at with the most pressure? I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just going to say I couldn't disagree more. Did I say that? I've already <laughs> used that line, It's right? a good line. Uh, we are in sync and not yeah. just because Dave decided to put a tie on today. Oh. And you're wearing <laughs> cashmere like dry fit or I something. I side with the sure person on the on. opposite side of the thank argument. You, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. No, it, it's Josh Allen. And I would dare say that I could make a case for Tua and Mac having more pressure than Zach Wilson because of what the expectations are. Mm -hmm. The Jets are not expected to take some massive leap. The over-under on Fox Bet is that they have five and a half wins. They had four last year, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, right? That's a two-win boost. Meanwhile, you have the Buffalo Bills favored as the team to win the Super Bowl this year. Exactly. The, of all in all of football. And yes, Josh Allen two years ago, 13-3, he came off of it a little bit last year. He was terrific in the playoffs. Nine TDs, zero interceptions. But we're talking about him, uh, his team being the best in football, which arguably would demand that you have the best quarterback in football. So it's who he's competing against and what people are expecting from the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are expected to win the Super Bowl mm -hmm. this year. Josh Allen is expected to lead them there. I can't think of anything that would be more pressure-packed than that. Very well put. I love the pressure you're talking about. I can't wait to see how that plays out. I'll say this, though. Rarely do I ever feel sorry for people that play the game of football. You are playing a kid's game at a king's ransom, if you will. But when I think about Tua, I'm starting to feel a little bit sorry for him. Hear this quote, and I'll tell you about the context later. You think about Tua entering his third season, but he was talking to reporters and talking about the interest that the Dolphins had in Tom Brady, and he spoke about how he handles it all. I would say the only thing that gets frustrating is if you hear it every day or is if you see it every day. So for me, I eliminate all of that. Don't hear it, don't see it. I go home, go to my family, study, wake up the next day, come back, enjoy football. Then I hear everything, you know, obviously from the media. And then when Ann preps me, you know, for whatever you guys are going to say, then I'm like, oh, I got to answer this. All right, let me figure out something politically correct to say. So, Though we say Zach Wilson, we say Josh Allen, I think that this man, too, is the most universally pressured quarterback in football. Hmm. And I'm starting to feel bad for him. I rarely feel bad for NFL players, but for Tua, I do. As a quarterback, you might have to deal with a lack of offensive weapons. As an NFL quarterback, you might have to deal with a lack of consistency in the run game. As an NFL quarterback, you might have to deal with an incompetent head coach. Might have to deal with an offensive coordinator that doesn't know the cadence of calling plays. But as an NFL quarterback, you shouldn't have to deal with 
uh, being replaced by Tom Brady or your ownership trying to replace you with Tom Brady in the middle of the season. You shouldn't have to deal with a owner who is encouraging your coach to not win games. I won't say lose games, but to not win games. You shouldn't have to deal with all of the allegations that Tua is having to deal with. I understand there's a fine print that you sign when you sign a contract. You got to deal with being famous, interviews, etc. But I feel bad for Tua because what the Dolphins have dealt him as far as a hand, it's been more than just a losing hand. The deck is rigged. Dave, do you feel sorry for Tua Tungabailoa? Is it okay if I agree with everything you just said and still don't really feel sorry for him? I mean, like, I mean, this, it, it is what it is, mm-hmm. man. And that's, the, there are pitfalls to being a quarterback just like there are, are, are great aspects of it, right? When everything's going good, you're the man, you get the commercials, you get all the praise. It's part of being an NFL quarterback that you, this stuff is going to fall on you. And yeah, I mean, the Dolphins talk about dysfunctional. But again, like, what are we talking about? We're not talking about them trading for Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield. It's Tom Brady, man. Mm. Seven Super Bowls. Like, he's inarguably (laughs) the best to ever play. Like, the only person or the only people, and aside from the fact that it's blatantly against the rules, Dolphins, I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but the only people that would blame them for trying to do this are Tua and his family. Everyone else is like, yeah, yeah, if you could get Tom Brady, you should probably do it. Okay, I hear that, but it's kind of like slick. In humanity, we know they say you're born, you suffer, you die. Right? In a nutshell, that's what happens as we exist. Got some highlights in there. You know, maybe you get married, maybe you have children, maybe you get wealthy, who knows? But you're born, you suffer, you die. I get it, Dave. It's a part of our existence. But it's not to say that some aspects of suffering are a little inhumane. It's a part of the quarterback existence, the quarterbackial existence that you got to deal with certain things. But tanking, tampering, racism allegations, That's not in the fine print or the job description of being a QB. That's why I'm just like, yo, this is a lot. Slick, you're looking at me. What do you think? Yeah, I understand why you would feel sorry for him. I understand why Dolphins fans or anybody would feel sorry for him. I just don't. And it's because he is an NFL. Well, they are in sync. We are completely We didn't talk before the show. It's the Navy Blue Jackets. There's something about the Navy Blue. Who knows? Look, and I like Tua. Like, as a person, I see the way he carries himself. I look at the numbers that he's put up. Like, that his – it's not – I don't have a dog in the fight. The fact that I think that the Miami Dolphins are ready to move on and are looking for somebody else and are just building their team as they go along is reading the tea leaves as opposed to thinking that me personally believes that Tua is not capable of being a quarterback. He has the opportunity, regardless of whatever you have, the Dolphins have done to him, he has the opportunity to demonstrate that he is a starting NFL quarterback in the league, and they have upgraded in terms of, well, one question in terms of the head coach, but they got a new head coach that's supposed to be better for him. Offensively, yes. They got him a, a, a new wide receiver. Yep. They got him a new left tackle. Yep. Like, they have given him an opportunity. It may not be with the Dolphins moving forward, well, wait but a second. you say this. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Let me, one thing. I need a 30. You though. said, I'm not 30. making the team. I'm making the lead. Mm-hmm. Tua still has a tremendous opportunity to demonstrate <laughs> that he's an NFL quarterback. Oh, that, that's a little harsh for me. What were you going to say? It's a little harsh to say that his next opportunity might not be with the Dolphins. I mean, that's what I was going to say is, okay, Tua, and let's not talk about Tua like he's a seventh-round pick that's just trying to make sure. his way. Like, this guy was more hyped than Herbert and Burrow 
when he was still at Alabama. Here's why I needed a quick. Because this is a thirty or is this a minute? Where we at on basketball references? This is a thirty. I don't know. <laughs> no, What's that? What's that? This 20? is a short one. That's a thirty. That's, That's a thirty. A, big yeah. dogs. The thirties yeah. or twenty. I need a quick one. Yeah. Here's why. Um, don't give me the bare minimum and act like you're doing me a favor. Because, Slick, you make a great point. The Dolphins have upgraded at wide receiver Tyree Kill. They've upgraded on the offensive line. They've upgraded from an explosive perspective at running back Raheem Mostert. They've upgraded offensively as a head coach, Mike McDaniel. I don't know in totality as a head coach, but offensively they've upgraded. But don't give me the bare minimum and act like you're doing me a favor. You're doing you a favor. And at minimum, if you're going to draft me that high, then give me some things to work with. Justin Herbert, drafted top five. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, new head coach that's supposed to be a brilliant head coach. Those are defensive one. Austin Eckler, 600 yards rushing, 600 yards receiving, only player in ball to do that. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, offensive head coach Zach Taylor that came from Sean McVay's coaching tree. If you're going to draft me that high, Give me what you're, I need. You're saying they haven't? Not until this year. Okay. Not well, until this year. They got, they got Hill. They got Jalen Waddell, who quietly had a really nice rookie season. Like, if it weren't for Jamar Chase, you'd probably be talking about him a lot more. Like, he's got Mike Gusecki, good enough to be franchised. Sure. He's got talent. And that's the point I was going to make is, again, this is a top 10 pick. And so, yes, this whole situation sucks for Tua. I do feel bad for him. He seems like a great guy. Go ball, my dude. Go ball. And you know what? If the Dolphins are 4-1 and one and he looks great, this will be a non-issue, and you will be the toast of Miami, a town that's been starved for a winning team forever. Speaking of being starved for winning, the Dallas Cowboys, they ain't won one in over 25 years. Coming up, we got to talk about the five most important players to the Dallas Cowboys. Our resident insider, Dave Hellman, is going to tell us the five players that if they ball, or coaches, if they ball, Cowboys might end up in a Super Bowl. You gotta stick around for that. That's next. Speak for yourself. President Welcome back to Speak for Yourself. As I said yesterday, I don't think there's anybody on the planet outside of Jerry Jones and Steven Jones and fine, Wilbur Clay, that knows more about nice the call. Cowboys than my guy, Dave Hellman, Cowboys Insider. Covering the Cowboys how long? Ten years. Ten years inside the locker room, outside the locker room. Everything you need to know, he knows. So this is what I want to know. Who are the five most important players to the Cowboys entering the season? And they don't even have to be players. Just the five most important people. Is it Dan Quinn, Tyron Smith, Tony Pollard, Zach Martin, CeeDee Lamb, Dave Hellman? Get me started one through five. I'm not going to bother with any suspense. I mean, I think quarterback is probably the answer for every team in the NFL. It definitely is for the Dallas Cowboys. Of course. It's Dak Prescott. It, it's been Dak Prescott. They paid him $40 million. They're asking him to do way more with way less. I would argue... Dak played at an MVP level for about half of last season. Sure. Not so great down the stretch. They still finished 12-5. and five. It's going to have to be at that level week in and week out all season long. No beef there. He's going. your number one. Who you got it to? This, I never believed in a million years I'd be saying this after a year. It's Micah Parsons. And I had my doubts about the pick because I didn't know what he could do as a pass rusher. But I have learned that this is the type of defender that can change a game by himself. Like the type of guy that can carry you to the playoffs. I think about a game against the Chiefs last year. Yeah. Micah sacked Mahomes twice. He stripped him. He has the potential to make that type of impact where even when your offense isn't giving you everything, he's the type of guy that can keep you in a game. I think he's going to do it a lot. Not mad at that. Where are we at at three? Tyron Smith, which is not the sexiest name huh. that you are going to hear. Cowboys left tackle for those that aren't very familiar. Cowboy fans, I know I know that you know what I'm talking about because this guy, unfortunately for him, 
cannot stay healthy. When he is, he's, even, beast. he's year 12. He's a beast. Easily top 10 tackle in the league, probably top five, even in yes, year yes, 12. Yes, 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 yes. Just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Beast. beast. This is a thinner offensive line than the Cowboys have been used to. The idea that they're the best line in the league, that is, that's ancient history. They need him to be healthy if Dak's going to stay on. Okay, that's 20-second timeout. I've been that's told 20-second or 30-second. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't be content what? with him at number three. What's your beef? He's never healthy. Like, it's not even saying, like, if he stays healthy, you know, if it's hot in New York in the winter, if it rains in L.A. in ever. It just don't happen, big dog. You didn't You didn't ask me what was realistic. You said what's important. And that's the thing. That's the thing is they're thinner on the offensive line than they ever, ever have been. been. Yeah, they cut Lyle Collins. They let Connor Williams leave in free agency. I get Cowboy fans are probably happy about that one. But they don't have depth at tackle. Sure. They need him to be healthy. It, it has to happen this year. Sure. It has to. Okay, talk to me. Number four. C.D. Lamb, you trade away Amari Cooper. You let Cedric Wilson leave in free agency. It's time for C.D. to be the guy. And don't get me wrong. He's been a good player to this point in his career. Had 1,100 yards last year, made the Pro Bowl. He hasn't been that dude yet, though. Like, my guy, LSU's Justin Jefferson, drafted after him. He's had a better start to his career. He hasn't been on that level. He's good. He's going to have to play at a higher level for this offense to be where it wants to be. Okay, you don't yet have and Jerry Jones on the list. You ain't yeah. got Kellen Moore on no. the list. I need no. the five most important people to the Cowboys, and I don't see anybody on staff who's number five. I mean, if, if it was the offseason, I would say Will McClay. Shout out, Will. I, I bet you're watching this. I would say Will. Unofficially the, the Cowboys general manager. So give me Dan Quinn. Okay. I could have said Kellen. Huh. He's important to this too. But here's the crazy thing, Acho. We're seeing the Cowboys transition away. Like, it used to be offense, offense, offense. That was the identity of this team. I really think it's going to be on Dan and his defense to help carry this thing. Again, Micah Parsons, he did. He just barely didn't make the cut. But Trayvon Diggs is going to be a big part of that. J-Ron Curse, Demarcus Lawrence, a second-team All-Pro that never gets I got to stop you. It's on, stop Dan. you. it's on Dan to make sure, all of that work. Sure, there's a glaring omission. A glaring omission, there's no Ezekiel Elliott. And we know that Ezekiel Elliott, at least if Emmett Smith tells it, is supposed to be the engine to this car that's supposed to go to a Super Bowl. I don't see him anywhere on the list. No love, no respect. What you feeling? It's 2022, baby. Like, I don't, like, we're not, I'm we're stat nerds forever. Because, and, and look, I, I like Zeke a lot more than the public does. Running back is not the, like, when you're talking about the end-all, be-all positions, running back's not up there. And on top of that, say what you will about Zeke, it's undeniable the Cowboys have one of the best one-two punches in the NFL. So if Zeke goes down, you have Tony Pollard. Everybody feels great about that. That's why I didn't put him up. Can the Cowboys make it deep into the playoffs without Zeke's domination? Can they do that? Is Tony Pollard healthy? He is. Yeah. Yes. I feel like Tony Pollard is something like a great kicker or a backup quarterback. Track with me here. We all love a great kicker because they come in and they save the day. We love a backup quarterback because, man, imagine how good the backup is when the starter's sucking. But when you put the backup in, you're kind of like, oh, maybe that's why he's a backup. The kicker, when all of a sudden he shanks the game-winning 37-yard field goal, you realize, I don't love him that much. Tony Pollard is explosive as all get-out. But is he really a one, two, three down back? Actually, the answer is no, and that's fair. And I'm tired of people acting like the other things Zeke does aren't important. It's one of the best pass protection backs in the NFL. That stuff is important. Sure. 
But you mean to tell me if all this stuff is working, if the offensive line is healthy and playing well, if Dak Prescott is playing at the utmost of his capability, they're not going to be sunk because they have their second string running back, who's also pretty damn good. I just don't believe that. If all of the rest of this is working, they can make it work without Z. Lastly, very quickly, CeeDee Lamb, a lot of pressure on him this season. Will he ball this season? Will he ball? Yes. And that, but there's so many good receivers in the NFL. CD is going to be great. Is he going to climb into that conversation with the Devontae's and the Cups? I'm not ready to say that. Fair. But I'm like, CD Lamb is a Pro Bowl receiver. He's going to play like one this year for sure. Man, I love this. And that's why I love you because you can break this down better than anybody in the world. Coming up, Matt Jones has been struggling for the Patriots. And when I tell y'all struggling, that's no understatement. I'm not even trying to sell the show. He's just been bad. We'll tell you if we're expecting a sophomore slump. Plus, we're going to preview the historic Field of Dreams game that is tonight on Fox. One game, one night in heaven. More Speak for Yourself. That's next. Tonight, born and, red, born and bred in Cincinnati. Yes, got sir. the Reds playing tonight. What's got you most fired up? Uh, the fact that there hasn't been a whole lot of reason to watch the Cincinnati Reds yeah. this season or the last few seasons, to be honest with you. So we're playing the Cubs. Uh-oh. We're in dead last in the NL Central with a win. I think we could leapfrog all the way to third. The Cubs aren't that good. And you have the spectacle of the Field of Dreams. So for all of that, I don't know how many games I want to watch the Reds this season. But tonight. This is the one. This is the one. Six million people watched last year. That's the most in a regular season game since 1998. Y'all better not miss out. And speaking of missing out, well, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones... I think he's missing out on an offensive coordinator. Y'all remember, Josh McDaniels went to become the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. So now uh, now Matt Jones is stuck with, I don't know, Matt Patricia's OC, maybe former special teams coach Joe Judge. He's struggling. And Matt Jones recently said, quote, I'm going to figure it out. I always have. I always will. Well, for the sake of Boston faithful, I hope you do. Dave Hellman, are you expecting a sophomore slump from Matt Jones after a Pro Bowl season last year? I'm going to sound really apologetic to the quarterback. Like, I mean, this, the short answer is yes. I'm not blaming Mac Jones for that. Like, for all of the reasons you just, just described. Like, the Patriots lost McDaniel, and they were just like, ah, okay. <laughs> and, like, you know, the crazy thing, okay, Matt Patricia might be calling the plays, which I, I can't even yeah. wrap my head. Like, Bill Belichick's just like, no, I don't want to bring somebody new. I don't understand that. I mean, he's the greatest. Maybe I shouldn't question him, but here I am. They traded away Shaq Mason to Tampa Bay. They flopped their offensive tackles. And oh, by the way, like they don't have a great sk- a set of skill players to begin with. Like you're throwing to yeah. Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, a couple tight, like, you know, Hunter Henry is a pretty good player, but like, th- does any of that get you excited? So like Matt Jones could be the man. Is he set up to succeed? I think the answer is no. I agree. Matt Jones is in for more than a sophomore slump, y'all. The Patriots have players, but they don't necessarily have weapons. A butter knife is a utensil. A Swiss Army knife is a weapon. A super soaker, it's a little fun object you play with in the summer. An AK, that's a weapon. Patriots, they got butter knives. Mm -hmm. They got super soakers. Like, they got guys, and I'm not going to knock they guys. But I'm not going to say that they got bona fide weapons. Nelson Aguilar is my boy. Went for 900 yards during an Eagles Super Bowl season. Uh, season. So I'm not going to knock they guys. 
But do they have 1,500-yard, 1,600-yard weapons? Do they have 16 touchdown, 14 touchdown weapons? That's where I start to get nervous. One of my favorite quotes, I believe it's Einstein, Slick Rick. I'm sure he probably went to Dartmouth, too. Uh, One of my favorite quotes, I think it's Einstein. If you judge the fish by its ability to climb a tree, it too would live its whole life believing it's foolish, believing it's stupid. Essentially saying fishes are incredibly proficient in water, but they can't climb trees. Just because you're genius at something doesn't mean you're going to be genius at everything. Matt Patricia, literally a rocket scientist. Matt Patricia, former Patriots defensive coordinator, former Lions head coach, now Patriots offensive coordinator. Something. Joe Judge. Brilliant special teams coach. Won a Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, with the Patriots as a special teams coach. Doesn't mean he's a brilliant offensive mind. Bill Belichick, greatest defensive mind in history, in my mind, in the game of football. Does not mean he's a brilliant offensive mind. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it too will live its whole life believing it's an idiot. I think if I were to judge Matt Patricia and Joe Judge by their offensive abilities, they would prove to us that they are idiots, even though they are geniuses. (laughs) I expect Matt Jones to slump. Slick Rick, you got something for me? Encouragement, maybe? I do not expect a slump. And it's largely based on... Bill Belichick and his ability to put guys in their sweet spot. If we, if we watch how he utilized Mac Jones last year, it wasn't asking him to do a whole lot, or at least when he found out what Matt Jones was capable of and what he wasn't capable of, he tailored everything to it. And let's be clear, Bill Belichick decides the game plan, okay? Josh McDaniel may have given determination in terms of how we're going to do certain things. Bill Belichick decides how we are going to approach each game and who is going to be featured in it. So, I can't give you more than that because the expectations have been lowered. And some of that is, what are the expectations? Are we expecting Mac Jones to save the day? For your point, uh, to your point, like the weapons aren't there. So when I think of having a sophomore slump, I think of Mac Jones being worse, him individually being worse. And I don't know that he's going to be worse. Maybe the New England Patriots collectively are going to be worse. No, I, I think we're saying the same thing. Like, I, I think Mac Jones will probably be fine. But to bring it back to Belichick, that's the thing that cracks me up is what is like the cliche about Bill Belichick? He's going to find what you do best, take it away, make mm-hmm. you beat, mm-hmm. beat him another way. What do the Patriots do best? Like, who, you know, if you're waking up on Monday morning to start game planning for that game, who are you circling? I just maybe it's okay. Mac Jones. I just, but, I don't know the answer to that. I just and, and but how did they get it done a year ago? But they nobody didn't. was thinking going into the season but, last year. But but we have to be honest. They didn't get it done a year ago. Didn't make it to the playoffs. Mac Jones made it to the Pro Bowl as an alternate. Well, no, like, what exactly they did, did they, they get made done? it to the playoffs. They just got their butts but that's, I'm saying didn't make it to the playoffs in the sense of for the Patriots. Going to the playoffs, catching an L, that ain't making it to the playoffs. Right. You feel me? Like a 30, the, a 30 point L. In the figurative sense of making it to the yeah. playoffs, Bill Belichick's expectations are here. They're not here. So Bill Belichick doesn't just want to go to the playoffs. He wants to go to the playoffs and make some noise. I'm like, I'm worried because it appears for the first time Belichick's not putting his guys in positions to succeed. You bring up a good point. Who are you circling? Every Monday, you go into your defensive meeting rooms, your offensive meeting rooms, your overall team meeting rooms. My favorite time in my NFL career was playing for the Giants. You'd come into an all-meeting room with Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin would be there, and he would tell everybody who he got to pay attention to. Typically, what you do, Slick, is, hey, offensive players, who you got to watch on defense? 
Defensive players, who you got to watch on offense. Special teams players, who you got to watch on special teams. Not Tom Coughlin, not the great coaches. Hmm. The great coaches say, hey, offensive players, not that you need to know, but here's who we're watching on the opposing offense. Hey, defensive players, not that you need to know, but here's who we're watching on the opposing defense. If I were in Tom Coughlin's old meeting and we were playing the Patriots, you ain't circling nobody. You circling Bill Belichick. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, like, no, here's who we need to watch, the opposing coach. But you're not circling anybody on their offense. On their special teams, you're always in forever circling Matthew Slater. On their defense, Dante Hightower. But I ain't circling nobody on offense. And I think, you know, maybe it's weird to say. I think that's just the new normal. And that, I, I get it. It's The goal is to win the Super Bowl, but maybe that's okay. I mean, the Patriots were in the Super Bowl every other year for two decades. If this is more than a two-year project, that makes sense. Because to go back to Rick's point, I, I, I can think, like, I think the vast majority of the AFC is better than the Patriots. Slick, right very now. quickly, do the Patriots get better this year or worse? No, they'll be worse. Okay. But, but are they going to get better as the season goes along? We saw the same thing last year. The expectations were incredibly low. Belichick's That's a hell of a coach. That's why I believe Belichick has the ability yeah. to make the most out of whatever Mac Jones is his sophomore year. If you bet on somebody, you always bet on Bill Belichick. You rarely ever lose that way. Coming up, I'll give you my final thought. Speak for yourself. Don't go anywhere. It's time for my final thought. Browns, if indeed Deshaun Watson does get suspended for the rest of the season, please do not make the mistake of trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. Two wrongs do not make a right. If you wanted a sufficient and proficient backup quarterback, you should have just kept Baker Mayfield. He's $9 million cheaper than Jimmy Garoppolo. He already knows the offense, and he could have gotten you through the system and through the season. So if indeed Deshaun does get suspended, don't add insult to injury by trying to go get a quarterback from the Bay. Play it through with Jacoby Brissett and lean on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's the only way you're actually going to have success this season. Think about it, Browns. That's it for us. See you tomorrow. Figure yourself.